score after two periods at Schneider Arena's Merrimack one, Providence nothing. I'm Mike Macknick with John Leahy and our guest here in the second intermission, Mike McMahon from themacreport.com and also uh, call talking news and doing some work for the Eagle Tribune as well. And Well, Mike, uh, I think one of the big questions after last night's game was you saw that the, the intensity level that Providence brought to the game and, and uh, I thought that Merrimack had to work to match that as the game went along and they were able to do so, but the question is, are you going to be able to, to I guess, exceed it in, in, in ways that you need to to be able to win a game like this game tonight? And and I think that the effort that we've seen you know, through, I thought the effort last night from Merrimack was, was a pretty good one, even though they didn't win the game, and the effort for tonight's game as well, they're winning a lot of little battles in this game. I absolutely agree, and I think, especially when you're on the road, you've got to do a, a better job you know, uh, exceeding their effort. And I think they've done that. I, I think you've seen that, especially down low. Uh, they've been really good around their own net. I think Tiernan, through the first two periods here, has, has looked as, as good. This has been the best game he's probably played uh, you know, since the beginning of the year. So, And, and they've also been good around him. I mean, Gustafson had a big block there uh, at the end of the period. They're just playing well around him. They're not letting guys uh, get to get to the crease as much in the defensive zone. So I think, yeah, I think they're doing really well with some of those little battles. At the same time, uh, you know, one goal lead is very uh, it's a precarious position to be in here on the road going in in the third period. So next goal in this game is huge. No question about it. But how about power play? I thought that the power play didn't really look like it was doing all that much until they finally got the goal from Christie. And even the, uh, the fourth power play didn't do all that much either. So it seems like there's still work to be done on that front. Yeah, I, I thought the first one of the night, uh, they had a, a couple of decent chances. They were both in the point, though, sort of from long range. Uh, obviously, both power plays sort of struggled last night to get anything going. Um, they, they get the goal from Christie, which was huge. I, mean, I, th- I think just for that unit, too, uh, three freshman forwards up front to get them a little confidence. Uh, you could see you know, things start to snowball for them a little bit, uh, just where the fact that they, they finally got one. Because they've been playing together, those three freshmen on the par- first par- or the second power play unit now, uh, for a couple of weeks. You are surprised to see the use of both clubs using the timeout there late in the second period? I, I was. I mean, not maybe not so surprised that Merrimack called it with having ice the puck and, and uh, uh, you know, some tired guys certainly out there and Providence having pressure for a couple of shifts. But then uh, I don't think more than a minute or so on the, on the clock time after that, uh, Nate Lehman calls it himself when they ice the puck. Yeah, it was. You know, I, actually, it's funny. I looked up to the scoreboard. I was like, did I miss a period here? I, 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 I second guess myself. But uh, yeah, well, I, I think you're right. I understand why why Mark Dennehy took his. I think they, they had a lot of sustained pressure. They just iced the puck, so you can't change uh, that. I understand. Uh, and then from from Nate Lehman's standpoint, it could have just been that he kept some guys out there because they were sustaining pressure, and maybe he had some tired bodies and icing the puck. After he iced the puck, uh, he wanted to get some of those tired bodies a chance to get a breather or, or even to get off the ice. Because I think he could change on icing. So uh, I, I think it was probably both both coaches had some guys out there for some extended shifts towards the end. of the period and probably just wanted to get some fresh lights. Well, tell us what's to talk about on Twitter, on, on your website, themacreport.com. What's the big story lately? Uh, not much. <laughs> not tonight, anyway. Uh, it's been pretty quiet tonight, but yeah, I know a lot of people following along. The big story earlier in the week, obviously, at Northeastern, um, had a, a 97 recruit decommit. was one of the better recruits they've been able to land in a while, so uh, it, it, it just a frustrating week, I think, for, for a lot of Northeastern fans. Um, that sort of was the icing on the cake, but uh, I think they, they're still bringing in some good players, so you know, it's a bump in the road and when you commit these kids now, you know, he committed out of Saints, and then it was Ken Askew, committed out of uh, Saints of Bastions last year as an eighth grader. He's 14 years old. So uh, I think when, when you're not Boston College or Boston University, if you're committing kids early, some of those kids you're going to hit on and they're going to stay with you. Uh, 
Uh, and then some of those kids you're going to lose to some bigger schools or, or even, uh, you know, even major junior hockey up in Canada. So. I mean, that's a good topic to get into, I think, here maybe for the rest of this segment is this whole business of, of all of the decommits and everything. Of course, Merrimack affected back over the summer with uh, Wade Murphy is decommit and uh, ending up in North Dakota. And it just seems to me, you know, Northeastern has been particularly hard hit, of course, but some other clubs as well. And they benefited from it, too. They, they got Kevin Wauer away from Roy, away from Brown, so they, they've been able to benefit and sort of have it hit them at the same time. That's true, but, it, I mean, doesn't it really uh, cause you, you to question the whole business of this verbal commit and and the uh, you know you, you know the recruiting lists and the, and the commits that you see of the, these kids who are are two or three years away from going to college. I mean, that, how much does it really mean anymore? Uh, yeah, you know, for some of the smaller schools, it doesn't mean much. I think if you're like I said, uh, uh, you know, out here, if you're a BC or a BU, you're able to hold on to those kids because those are the programs they want to go to. Uh, if you're in the Midwest and you're Minnesota and you're committing kids that are four years out, you're probably going to hit on them. Uh, same with Wisconsin and Michigan and teams like that, even Notre Dame now. Uh, but to have some of the smaller schools, the schools like Merrimack and Northeastern provinces, you know, it's a it's a waiting game, and it's just a, a, a hope kid that you know you recruit the kid early, and then you hope he shows up. And sometimes it works. I mean, Joe Canada they committed early, and uh, part of, of, of the thing with him, I remember talking to him. He said they came after me first. You know, they were interested before anybody else was. So that means something to some kids. And uh, that's not to say I, I don't want to say anything negative about the kids that decommit because you never know the reasons. I'm sure they all have reasons. Some of them, you know, it goes beyond just the fact that I wanted to go to a bigger school because I'm sure those kids before they committed to the to the Northeasterns and the Merrimacks, they had offers or could have gone to some of those bigger schools. So it's not always just you know they, the, the grass is greener and they've had some better offers. I'm sure, excuse me, I'm sure they've all had their reasons, uh, but it's 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 a waiting game. It's actually it's funny too because I just found out last night um, that the the letter, national letter of intent rules have changed because it used to be you sign your national letter of intent, which sort of locks you in to go into the school. Uh, you sign that the year before you come in. Now you, you can sign it up to two years before. So it's given some guys some extra leeway. I actually questioned it because uh, uh, Jace Henning, who's a player that's playing in the British Columbia Hockey League that Merrimack has committed uh, for 2014, uh, is a pretty good player. He's playing on the third line on his team right now, so his point totals aren't there. Uh, but a lot of people have compared him to a, to a Wade Murphy type player. He's going to be a really good player. Uh, a couple of people I talked to said they should be worried about whether or not they could hold on to him. So, uh, But he had signed his national letter of intent last week, and, and I said to myself, you know what, I don't think he's coming in next year because he's young. Yeah, I think he's only 17. Uh, and then I started to ask around, and it turns out you can sign them up to two years away. That's so, a good point. I noticed that. I didn't think twice about it, but yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and that's going to help. I think that's going to help some of these schools uh, hold on to some of these kids because a lot of this decommits. You know, at the Askew case is, is a sort of a different story. Uh, from what I can tell, a lot of times when these kids decommit, it's that last year. Yeah. You know, it's the year before they're going to come to school. So if you can sign the kids two years two years out before their freshman year, I think it's going to help some of the smaller schools that you know put the effort in to recruit these kids early, help them hang on. All right, Mike, good stuff, good topic there. Uh, maybe we'll be able to get into it more in the future. But uh, and, and also, in one of your upcoming visits, I want to have an opportunity to go over recruits, you know, who looks good, uh, what's what's coming up in the future for Merrimack. But we'll do that in the future. But, again, themacreport.com. You can read Mike's work and also uh, stringing for the Eagle Tribune and uh, College Hockey News. And uh, I'm sure if there's other places, you, you'll let us know. Twitter, too. Um, Mike will probably even give you his email if you want. But, uh, Mike, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. All right, Mike McMahon, our guest here. The score after two periods of play is Merrimack 1, Providence nothing. John and I will be back right after this. You're listening to Merrimack Hockey right here on WGAM, the game.